Good morning. Good to see you all. I'm Luke Mabry. I'm the pastor of Matthew's Presbyterian Church. I, I welcome you and greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's wonderful to see you all in worship on this third Sunday of Advent. I encourage everyone to sign our friendship pads. They should be on the aisle sides of the pew. Sign those and pass them down so you'll know who's sitting next to you. If you're watching via uh, Facebook Live, we welcome you as well. It's good to have you here. And maybe you're not watching this live. Maybe you're watching it next week or even next month. I don't care. It's good to have you here either way. Um, if you're worshiping with us for the first time or visiting with us, it's good to have you here. And I hope I get the chance to meet you after worship. We have several announcements, I think all of which are on the screens. Uh, this is the third Sunday of Advent, so that means uh, Christmas is right around the corner, and we have a lot happening this Advent Christmas season. The children's play is this Wednesday, December the 14th at 6 o'clock here in the sanctuary. Um, we have dinner after their play in the Friendship Court, uh, and we need some volunteers to help Brian set up for that play, and if we could do that right after church, that would be great. Uh, we have lessons and carols a week from today, December the 18th. That's always a fun tradition at Matthew's Presbyterian. And then the following Wednesday, we have caroling on John Street, the great unknown in that the wild card is the weather. So hopefully that'll cooperate. But if everything cooperates, you want it to be cold, but not too cold and, and uh, not raining. And you sit out there on John Street right in front of the chapel building and sing carols. It's a lot of fun. And everybody drives by and they honk their horns at you. It, it, it's a lot of fun. So I encourage you to come to that. We'll have refreshments after that. We also have Christmas Eve worship service at 5 o'clock, excuse me, 5.30. That service is um, designed for children. And then we have a candlelight communion service uh, Christmas Eve at 7.30. So I look forward to seeing you all there to that. That's, both of those are big services. And, and Christmas Day we have a service here at 10.30. So after you open all your presents, do the Santa Claus thing, come worship. It's a very informal service, so I look forward to seeing y'all at all of those services. Uh, we have a women's retreat in October. That's not one of those announcements that we forgot to take out that's already happened. That's next October. And the reason that we need to advertise it now is because those slots fill up really fast um, because it's peak leaf season in the mountains. And in fact, all of those slots are full, but we think we may have some opening up. So if you're interested in that, see Patty Ripple. Where is Patty? Yeah, see Patty Ripple. She'll put you on a waiting list. Um, youth meet tonight at 6. Um, we're still in the season of stewardship, so you should have received your 2023 pledge card. And um, we need that to help plan for the next year's budget. And I think we all need to do that personally to make a pledge. Um, it's a, it's a, our, our financial commitment is as much a part of our walk and much of our part of being a disciple as anything else is, so I encourage you to get those in soon. Uh, we're collecting assurance for blessed, or we're collecting gift bags for Blessed Assurance Adult Daycare. And um, that's about all the announcements that I have. We have a lot of things happening. I, I could be up here for a long time, but y'all didn't come up here to hear announcements. You came here to worship God. So, any other announcements? Let us prepare our hearts and minds to worship God together.
Please rise in body or spirit for the call to worship. Happy are those whose help is, in, is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever. The Lord sets the prisoners free, opens the eyes of the blind, and lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord will reign forever, your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. Let us worship. Apostle Paul tells us that the proof of God's amazing love for all of us is that while we were still sinners, while we were at our very worst, Christ died for us. That allows us to approach the throne of judgment with some confidence as God's own beloved children. So let us do that now as we pray together the prayer of confession. Let us pray. You have taught us to be patient and promised to supply our needs, O God. Yet we grow weary of waiting and restless with our wants. We blame our troubles on others, withholding from them the tolerance and care you have shown to us. Merciful God, forgive our indulgence and help us to stand firm. Help us to lift our eyes in hopeful anticipation of your kingdom to come. Let us continue to pray and confess our sins in silence.
Amen. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting all the way to everlasting upon those who fear Him and His righteousness all the way to children's children. So friends, I declare unto all of you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that your sins are forgiven. God has made it possible for us to live in peace with one another, with our enemies even, and also with God. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Let us pass the peace to one another. this candle as a sign of the coming light of Christ. Advent means coming. We are preparing ourselves for the days when the nations shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. The wolf will dwell with the lamb the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad, and the desert shall rejoice and bloom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. Let us in the light of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, we are grateful that you have gathered us all here this morning to be your people and to worship you and to hear your word read and proclaimed. So as it is read and proclaimed and sung this morning, we ask that you open our eyes and our hearts and our lives that we could hear your word and that we could receive it and that we could leave this place today filled with it so we could serve you and your children. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This morning's psalm comes from Psalm 146, verses 5 through 10. Hear the word of the Lord. Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made the heaven and earth, the sea 
and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who were bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever, your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord, and all God's people said, thanks be to God. Would the children come forward? I have a message for you. Hello, Ava. How you doing? Y'all come on down here, kiddos. Huh? I'll show you. But, but for, who is that right there? Who did, now, I brought some. Who, did you, who is that, Ava, right there? The unicorn? I like him. Does he have a name? A unicorn. Is it a boy unicorn or a girl unicorn? Girl. Got it. It's good to have her. Hey, y'all have something coming up on Wednesday, I think. Y'all know what y'all have coming up Wednesday? A play. You ready for it? Yeah. You excited about it? No. <laughs> You're going to love it. Well, listen, I want to show y'all something. So see this right here? Y'all know who that is? No. So this is my daughter, Caroline. And she was in a children's play once upon a time. And she was about your age. And she was about your age then. And this was a prop in the children's play for Christmas. And Caroline was an angel at the time. And they made this prop. And I, I don't remember how it all worked, but I just remember uh, they, they did this for every child in the church. And it was like a, it was a, um, they did props for all of them, and then they did the play in front of it. It was really neat. And so I've always kept this because I remember that play very, very well. Now, she's not, that was when she was four. So she's, maybe she was even three. You're four and a half. So Caroline was four and a half then or three and a half. But um, your sister's four. Well, Carol, y'all know how old Carolina is now? Close, 14. So this was 10 years ago, and I still remember, that was before any of y'all were born, I still remember that play like it was yesterday. So this play is something that y'all, do you know how long you'll remember being in the play? A long, long, long time. And do you know how long your parents will remember you being in the play? much longer yeah 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 i mean it'll be like one of their favorite memories ever at least at least this was for me and i still had this in my office as a reminder of that play that the children's christmas play that she was in just like y'all are doing on wednesday but huh well i think it was painted and some of the paint flaked off she had a heart right there and that flaked off it's kind of like the velveteen rabbit you know she's seen better days than this one but I still remember it very well. So this is what I want to tell y'all, though. So, huh? It is old. I mean, it's been around. She, yeah, it, it's been around a little bit. Anyway, but this is what I want y'all to remember. The, so that the thing that y'all commemorate in the play is really, really, really important and very, very, very special. And it means, children, that in all of your life, you will never be alone. You'll never be by yourself. You'll go through some hard times, but God will always, always, always be with you because of what, what you commemorate in that play. Can y'all remember that? 
So sometimes life can be hard and it's not always fair and sometimes bad things happen and we don't really know why. But we do know that because of what happened in this play that we commemorate, that it'll be a wonderful memory for you and your parents. But the most important thing about the whole play is what it commemorates, and that is that God is with us. Y'all remember that? Y'all want to say a prayer and give thanks for that? All right, y'all bow your heads, fold your hands, and you can all repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for Christmas plays and for all the good memories we have of them. We especially thank you for what they commemorate, that you are always with us. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. All right, guys, y'all have a good one. Good to see y'all. See you, Josie. reading this morning comes from the gospel of, or excuse me, our New Testament reading comes from the gospel of Matthew, uh, verse 11, or chapter 11, verses 2 through 11. Let us attend to God's word. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to them, are you the one who is to come or, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal places. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. This is the word of our Lord, and all God's people said, thanks be to God. We are, in fact, a people of expectations. When we go to bed at night, we expect the sun to rise in the morning. 
We expect others to stop at the stop sign and obey traffic laws. We expect church to be open on Sunday mornings or at least be able to watch live stream. We have expectations of our jobs or our vacations or even our home renovations. We have expectations for what is appropriate behavior for ourselves and for others. Our days are full of expectations. They offer some predictability and order in our lives and within our world. And the media that we are exposed to heavily, heavily influences our expectations. The movies, the books, the magazines, the advertisement, Netflix, social media that we see constantly is bombarding us with how our lives should be full of success, loving families, tons of friends, spontaneity, and happy ending after happy ending. Even though we are aware of the fact that real life is most often very different from what we are shown in the media, there is a part of us that still expects our experiences to look like what we see on the big screen or in our Facebook or Instagram feed. Expectations, you see, create a framework for how we think the world and life should be. They are often those ideals, those visions, and dreams that really do carry us forward. But the thing about expectations is that they pull us out of the present moment and into some future that we do not yet have, except as it really does exist in our own head. We often allow these expectations to shape our attitudes, our beliefs, and the way we relate to others. And I would offer that our expectations even shape our image of who God is, where God can show up, and how God should act. If God does not meet our expectations in a particular situation, we may quickly question God rather than ourselves. Some may trust their expectation of what God should be doing more than trusting what God is actually doing in that situation. And John the Baptist is a man of expectations. Last week's gospel reading showed John to be a voice crying out in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, he said, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. John was born to prepare the way for the Lord, to make straight his paths, and to announce him to the world. John expects a new kingdom and a new ruler. He expects wrath, fire, brimstone, axes. He expects one who's more powerful. John's expectations have given him the courage of his convictions to turn his back on the religious establishment, to go out into that wilderness and to seek God in those untamed places of life. But today, we see a strikingly different picture of John, a prisoner with a question. Are you the one who is to come, are we, or, or are we to wait for another? 
So what happened? Although we don't see John listed in the cast of characters of the annual children's play, he is perhaps one of the more faithful in the gospel's cast of characters. His whole life, even before he was born, was lived for the sake of Jesus. Everything he ate or didn't, everything he wore, and everywhere he went was because of the love of Jesus. How then did John go from being a prophet with all the answers to a prisoner with all the questions? And I would even offer with doubts. And a lot has happened since John ate the locusts and honey out in that wilderness. Herod has put John in prison for speaking out against Herod's illicit marriage to Herod's half-sister Herodias. In the first century, prison was not necessarily a final destination, but rather a place for those awaiting trial until they were exonerated, exiled, or executed. And maybe this waiting contributed to John's anxious and urgent question. After all, if Jesus really was going to inaugurate a new kingdom, wouldn't getting his friends out of jail be a top priority? What was Jesus waiting for? I mean, come on. Wasn't it about time for Jesus to overthrow King Herod's corrupt regime and get Israel out from under the oppressive rule of Caesar? This was not panning out the way John had hoped it would be. Jesus simply was not measuring up to John's expectation for a Messiah. If Jesus really was the Messiah... He was supposed to finish the hard work John had started when he preached repentance out in the wilderness. The Messiah was supposed to bring down the powerful oppressors and raise up this new world order. And while in prison, John heard what the Messiah was doing, but where was the axe, the fire, the winnowing fork? Where is the wrath in the midst of giving sight to the blind, cleansing leopards, lepers, and raising the dead. Healing the sick and preaching forgiveness were all well and good, but if John was hoping for a military hero, as many thought that the Messiah was supposed to be, then John was so, so sorely disappointed. And perhaps we can take some courage in John's disappointment. If the greatest prophet who ever lived can wonder whether or not Jesus is the real deal, then maybe our doubts and our disappointments are a little more understandable. As another calendar year draws to a close and the nights do get longer, some of us may find that fear and doubt creeping in when there is illness or deaths of a loved one, when stress rises and hope seems to fade, how can we pretend to be cheerful? How can we sing joy to, to the world when our personal worlds are crumbling all around us? Where is God 
when we really, really need God. And maybe we can understand John as he paces around his dank prison cell, wondering, wondering if he maybe made a mistake. When will the kingdom finally show up? Could he have been wrong about Jesus? Well, there's only one way to find out. So John sends his disciples to ask Jesus directly. And the question really does prompt a simple yes or no answer. Are you the one who is to come? Yes or no? Well, of course, Jesus uses this as a teachable moment for those disciples of John. A simple yes or no will not do. Go tell John what you are hearing and what you are seeing, says Jesus. Look at the evidence that is right in front of you, right under your noses. And Jesus points out that his ministry is, a continu is continuing all around them, everywhere they look, everywhere they hear. It is not a one-time event. Seeing is believing. Believe what you see, says Jesus. No matter what you were expecting, this is the kingdom, and this is what it looks like. You're standing in it. And the problem with the kingdom isn't with our view of it. It really is our expectation of it. John's disciples were looking for the wrong thing. John was expecting military power and swift judgment. But Jesus came offering forgiveness. And instead of anger, judgment, and condemnation, the hallmarks of Jesus' ministry were gentleness, goodness, and grace. Like John's disciples, we don't always see the kingdom at work around us, do we? We may, may be looking for quick, very easy solutions to our problems, but Jesus calls us to take up our crosses and follow him. Instead of us being number one, Jesus calls us to identify with the least and the lost and the last. We may be looking for more people to fill our pews or larger tithes and larger offerings, but we miss seeing the needs Christ calls us to address right here and right now. We miss seeing our own lives changed and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we miss seeing the good news happening right under our noses. There is a part of us, however, that does persist with our expectations and our questions. Yes or no, are you the one who is coming? Or are we to wait for another? I mean, come on, just answer the question, Jesus. But he does not do that for us, and he doesn't do it for John. A simple yes or no answer will not do. We first have to let go of our expectations and open our minds and our hearts to the kingdom where we are standing 
trusting God more than our ideas about God. So on this third Sunday of Advent, Advent, we prepare to welcome the Savior on Christmas Day. Here, we are living our lives as best we can, sometimes enjoying the beauties of life, but sometimes crying out to God for help, longing, desperately waiting, and living in Advent expectation for a way to find a measure of joy in this world. And so each week, we draw near and near to the flesh and blood of the baby in the manger. This baby, who will fully enter human life so that we may know our God's amazing love for us, so that we can have peace and hope and joy. Jesus did not come to meet our expectations as to what we think a Messiah or Savior ought to be or should be or should do. No, on the contrary, he came to meet our needs. So y'all flee those confines of your expectations. A new world awaits. What will you hear? What will you see? And whatever it may be, claim it, claim it with joy. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Would you stand as we say what we believe? Brothers and sisters in Christ, what do we believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended in hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Be seated. We have the great privilege this morning of welcoming some new members, and uh, I invite them to come forward. Uh, Clevy and Shirley Luckadoo, y'all could come forward. Chad and Elizabeth Hockerman and uh, Everett and Caleb, y'all could come forward. Um, Nancy and Chuck Dunham, y'all come. And Dave Moeny, where's Dave? Y'all come on up here. Y'all can just form a line. It was kind of good. We always have um, session meets with people as they join the congregation and they welcome people into the congregation. That meeting almost always happens at 10 o'clock in my office. Um, but my office was too small for everybody, so that was a good thing. So we had to meet here, and we met here at um, 9.45. All of these um, people you see in front um, have been active in the life of our church for several months, and uh, I really applaud them for jumping right in. They've gone to Bible studies. They've um, helped out with some B&G stuff. They've done children's ministry. Um, they've really all jumped in, and it's wonderful to formally welcome, welcome them into this church, uh, knowing that the purpose of our church is not to make members of Matthew's Presbyterian Church, but, but the purpose of this church is to make disciples and be disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, and um, we all get to be a part of that here at this church. So with that said, Julie, would you present them? Julie's um, representing session this morning as clerk. Thank you. On behalf of the session, I present David Mowinney, Chuck and Nancy Dunham, Chad, Elizabeth, Everett, and Caleb Hockerman, Clevy and Shirley Luckadoo into membership of Matthew's Presbyterian Church. David, Clevy and Shirley, Chad and Elizabeth are joining by reaffirmation of faith the Dunhams are transferring their membership by letter from Stony Brook, or excuse me, Stony Creek Presbyterian Church in, Bur in Burlington, North Carolina. Uh, Y'all come to us as members already of the one holy Catholic church into which you were baptized, by which you've been nurtured. We are already one with each other, sisters and brothers in the family of God. 
we rejoice in the gifts that you bring to us at Matthews. Y'all have all joined and uh, served the church faithfully in so many ways, and we're glad that God has called you to join this particular um, part of the body of Christ and to serve through it. As you join with us in the worship and service of this congregation, it is fitting that together we reaffirm the covenant into which we were baptized, claiming again the promises of God, which are ours in baptism. So trusting in the gracious mercy of God, do you turn from the ways of sin and renounce evil and its power in the world? Do you? Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your Lord and Savior, trusting in his grace and love? Do you? Will you be Christ's faithful disciple, obeying his word and showing his love? Will you? And will you be a faithful member of this congregation, sharing its worship and ministry through your prayers and gifts, your study and service, and so fulfill your calling to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Will you? All right, this is sitting on the script, so I'm going to kind of make it up as I go. But um, uh, they've joined this congregation, and my prayer is that... Um, that they can grow and they can be nurtured in their love for one another and in their love for God and their love for God's world. And um, uh, you have a role to play in that. So will you love them? Will you support them? And uh, will you help nurture them? And will you be the church that God calls you and us to be? Will you? Amen. Amen. Welcome. It's wonderful to have you all here. I'll give you all the right hand of fellowship. Chuck, Nancy. Cleavy, God bless you, brother. Shirley, Elizabeth, Everett, welcome. Chad, Caleb, and Dave. I remembered everybody's name. I'm proud of myself. Y'all give them a hand. Again, welcome. You may be seated. Thank you, Julie. We have several prayer concerns I want to make y'all aware of and certainly keep these folks in your prayers um, this week and ongoing. Carrie Hensley's sister, Pat Russell, died on Friday morning in Ohio. Arrangements are incomplete at this time. They're pending. So please keep, keep Carrie and Pat's families in y'all's prayers. And also Marilyn Scott, Brian Scott's mother, fell and broke her hip. And Kelly McLean's parents both have, um, have some health concerns. So please keep Kelly and um, her family and um, her children in your prayers um, during this difficult time. Let us pray. Merciful God, you know us and love us despite our faults and failings. You look upon our hearts and discern our honest intentions. As we turn to you now in prayer, guide us by your spirit that our petitions for others may serve your will and show your steadfast love. We pray for an end to the ongoing war in Ukraine and for nations to value diplomacy more than violence. We pray that hearts hardened by violence may be healed by love and grace. Reconciling God, we pray for evil powers to be overthrown, for wrongs to be made right, for those thirsty for justice to be satisfied. Gracious God, you have called us to be the church of Jesus Christ, yet disagreements and division jeopardize our unity. Hold us together in faith and service, 
proclaiming the good news to the world. God of comfort, stand with those who grieve, those lost to senseless violence. Open us to find ways to end ceaseless shootings. Help our leaders value the lives of our nation's people over their political positions. God of compassion, bless us and those we love. Heal the sick, the broken, and addicted. Comfort the grieving, strengthen the weak, calm the anxious, and renew the weary. Mighty God, whose word we trust and whose spirit enables us to pray, accept our requests, both spoken and unspoken, and further those which will bring about your purpose for our world as together we pray the words Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now with joy and gratitude for all that we have been given, let us return our tithes and offerings to God.
Lord, we are grateful for all the gifts that you have given us. We're grateful that if we start counting those gifts that we can't count high enough. So Lord, please bless these gifts that we have given back to you and to your church. Bless them so that they may go and that they may do, help do, help us do your work well. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Welcome to Matthew's Presbyterian Church. We are glad that you are here. Um, please join us in the Friendship Court following um, the postlude for some, um, some dessert after church. Um, and as you leave this place today, leave it with joy, knowing, seeing, hearing, looking for what God is doing in our midst in the kingdom. Those expectations will absolutely never be unmet. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all this day and forevermore. Amen. Mm -hmm.